Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper. I'm your co-host, Hunter Heinemann. And hey, Hunter, we've been having a grand time last couple of days. We're down here in Nashville, Tennessee, Safari Club International. Man, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's the first time I've ever been here, and it is quite the show. But you got a special guest here that you guys have dealt with. You yes. want to introduce him for us? Yes. Uh, excited to have him here, and uh, a pretty cool interesting thing has happened for me um and my dad being here and and just uh going around talking to outfitters and today we have fonnie stein um with us here today my dad um went on a buffalo hunt with him and an elephant hunt uh last year and was successful at harvesting both animals with fonnie and uh of course I've been hearing Fani ever since he got back home <laughs> last April about how I should go. And, uh, Absolutely, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Fani, can you uh, can you tell us the name of your outfitting uh, business? Because I'm not going to try to pronounce that one. Uh, I all um, yeah, I'm Fani Stein, and I'm from South Africa. And my company name is Tawamuyu Safaris. It means Mountain of the Baobab. Baobab trees, so yeah, we we just a small little family, yeah, family operation and family operated. Yeah. Hey, best kind. That's what we all are, family businesses, you know. But chatting with you previously to the podcast, I discovered you're a farmer. My yeah. favorite people in the world. I grew up on a row crop farm, you know, cotton, soybeans, wheat, corn. Had yeah. milk cows and pigs and all that sort of thing. And now I, I'm from the old, old crew. I actually picked cotton by hand, you know, <laughs> before they even had the mechanical pickers. But uh, what do you farm in Africa? Uh, a lot of cattle, a lot of goats, you know, goats, goats and yeah. and sheep, Damara sheep. Um, they're very hardy animals. They come from the, um, the desert in Namibia. Uh, we reintroduced them to us and... They're actually doing very, very well. Uh, uh, like I said, they're very hardy. Um, and they unbelievably good mothers. Um, really? If, if you send like a small toddler into the corral, um, the females will actually come and, um, and bump the, the toddler in over. You yeah. know, they, 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 <laughs> they, cool. they're unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. When the kids were small, when my youngest two were small, they, they, I mean, I had to go with them. Otherwise, the sheep will <laughs> yeah. run them over. But you, you talk about milk cows and pigs. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I was feeding the pigs and I was milking the cows. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, the memories you have, particularly from the old days like that, it was all small family farms. Everybody, you know, some the richest farmland in the world in the Mississippi River Delta in southeast Missouri and everybody you know you had the gardens you had the milk cows one of my fondest memories from those days is sitting in the barn while my dad was 
hand milking the cow, you know. And, of course, we had a lot of barn cats, and the cats would line up against the wall, and I'd sit there yeah, with them. Yeah. My dad would take take off that cow tit, you know, <laughs> go right down the road and squirt us all in the face. <laughs> you know, very little people actually know it, but... You know, your father probably talked to the cow, and you have oh, to absolutely. you have to whack whack the the udder a little bit for uh, to release right. the milk. It's true. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah it yeah. really really is true. Yeah. In fact, my dad used to even sing to his milk cow a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did not he sing said, to ours. <laughs> <laughs> he said it makes for sweeter milk. <laughs> now, I'll tell you this: I don't know, but the stories that come off the farm and the farm life, you know, are so cool and near and dear to my heart but i hooked up a few years ago with the living the dream outdoor properties and these guys are very close to the land as well you know they're they're farmers and ranchers and hunters and fishermen and get out all over the world as as you found out but i I like to get in next few minutes here get into the nuts and bolts of your your hunting operation now what do you hunt for in that region um in every, South Africa. A little bit of everything. Bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, on our family, family ranches there in South Africa, in the very northern part, close to Messina, close to the Limpopo River, bordering Zimbabwe, we uh, we have all the plains came, Kudu, Nyala, Bushbuck, uh, Elan, Giraffe. Wow. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, um, <laughs> everyday then, uh, stuff to him. <laughs> a lot of yeah. a lot of leopard. You know, the best leopard of my career. I actually I actually took on our family land. Um, we took we took leopard of two hundred and ten, two hundred and fifteen pounds of leopard. You know, wow, I didn't know no they got that. that. Um, about as big as me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, but then we we hop across the border like what we did with uh, with Hannah's dad or Daryl, and we went and looked for elephant and uh, elephant and buffalo in 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 Zimbabwe. There we bordering the the Gonaruzor Game Reserve in the southeastern low felt of of Zimbabwe. Why we we decided to get involved is that is my wife is actually from Zimbabwe, but uh, but um, the land is just so beautiful, you know that it is it is pristine wildlife. It, it's uh, not just is, is it's it not lu- just bush. It's just oh, it's gotcha. unbelievable. Is it the lush green Africa that we think about? Yes, in summer, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it gets dry, man, and it yeah, gets hot. Hot, <laughs> hot and dry. Well, uh, I'm it, sure old Daryl some days he thought to, he thought to himself, what in the hell did he get into you? <laughs> hey, I, I think we often all of us as hunters think that at times because of some of the situation we get in. But that's one of the grand elements about hunting. Yeah. I think anybody that's a hunter, they're looking for the adventure. Of course. Of Ab- course. Absolutely. Big part of big part of the game and the attraction experience. to Yeah, of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Not a little bit of unknown. <laughs> you're not having fun. No, exactly. No <laughs> that, that unknown kind of keeps you on your toes. But when you're talking about hunting you know, the dangerous game species. And I think, don't you say there's five dangerous game species in Africa that people go for? That's what I've always heard, you know. You know, um, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of dangerous animals. Any animal is dangerous. Like <laughs> a kudu broke my dad's two ribs. Oh, he, oh, he wow. shot it. 
He shot it and paralyzed it and wanted to walk up to it and cut slit his throat, you know, because that's in the time when, when ammo was scarce. Yeah. He just didn't want to shoot it again. So he, exactly. he put his 303 against the tree and took his pocket knife out and bent the kudu bull's neck over. And the first time the knife didn't go through the, the outside skin layer, but the second time it did. And that guru whacked him. He didn't like that. Well, (laughs) that didn't go down well, though. (laughs) Yeah, I've gotten some tangles with, you know, just some whitetails in our part of the world. They're a lot smaller than a kudu. I still walked away bleeding a couple times, you know, (laughs) kicking his shins or sticking with an antler, that that sort of thing. But the hunting and farming business, is this something that your your dad did previous to you? Grandfather, his father. Grandfather, yeah. Wow. Yeah, fourth generation, yeah. Fourth generation. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, boy, it's always so good to run into families, particularly outdoor families, that pass that heritage on from one generation to the next. Now, do you have children that you plan to pass on to? Oh, yes, 100% so. My, my middle daughter is, is getting ready to take it over, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. What's her name again? Zani. Okay, yeah. yeah Zani. Yep. And it, is that unusual in Africa for a lady to take over an operation like that? Um, I think if your heart's in it, I think you anybody can do it. Sure, uh, but, I'm, I'm uh, sure so know, raised she, around she, it. You know her. <laughs> I spoke to another guy, old Clay Robert from Big Wild. Um, he's from Alaska. And he said to me, I'm bringing Harper to the show in Wisconsin. I said, yeah, Clay, so what? He says, she's got to sell on. She's got she's to earn her keep. Now, Zani, my daughter, in the times when we could still hunt leopard in South Africa, we, we, we'd shoot 12, 15 impala for the guy coming in three days' time, and we'll hang them. I'll, I'll hang four at my favorite bait spot. And, uh-huh. But it was Zani's job to shoot the impala. Oh. And I used to drive a Land Cruiser with no handbrake, no brakes. So, <laughs> so my job... I've had, I've had a few trucks like that. <laughs> so my job was to was to was to get the gun and the shooting sticks and I'll tell Zani uh, my nickname was Bushman. I said Bushman, if I say yes you jump out of the truck and we'll we'll abort truck and it will find the tree and stop against the tree <laughs> and I'll and I'll put up the shooting sticks and I'll say, Yeah that's right, shoot, shoot, shoot and we'll shoot till we got fifteen impala and that's it. <laughs> oh, that's great. You remind me of some of the Teddy Roosevelt stories, you know. I love Teddy Roosevelt. I actually got to see last week uh, a reenactor that that portrayed uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He was close to my home. A, a state representative friend of mine pays for this guy to go all over the country, put no programs. It's awesome. But a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt, you yeah. know, and uh, Jack O'Connor as yeah. well. Yeah. And <laughs> your story about the pickup truck, I was reading a story about Jack O'Connor and his wife one time. They were in Sonora, Mexico after mule deer, and they were on horseback, you know. Yeah. And I guess deer were kind of scarce because they're riding along. They'd hunted for days, hadn't really even seen a, a shooter <laughs> yeah. mule deer, you know. But they spotted one. It was a long ways off. Everybody in the party, like four of them, jumped off their horses, and everybody's shooting at this mule deer, you know, that's running <laughs> over a hill hundreds of yards away. And somebody managed to, to wound the deer, and it turned into quite a tracking job. You know, long story short, they got their deer. Oh, so, that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, in the end, that's all that matters. You wind up with the critter that you go after. Well, yeah. where, do, where do most of your clientele come from? 90, 98 to 99% American, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, ninety-eight to ninety-nine percent that, that, American. That much. That's our people. That yeah. uh, they their eating habits is the same. Their family habits is the same. No, ninety-nine to ninety, ninety-nine, ninety-eight percent, and about I'd say between seventy, ninety-seven, and ninety-eight percent return. That we we got. We got very blessed by by returning clientele. Hey, that's what really makes a business. You can be, get people to come back again and again and again. Yeah. Where are, are a lot of those clientele uh, people uh, members of Safari Club International? Then all of them, all of them, all of them. It's either <laughs> well, DSC. No wonder or, you're here to show. <laughs> <laughs> it's either DSC or SCI. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's that's what we do. Well. A few from a few from some other other small organizations like Daniel Boone and stuff. Very 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 good people. Um, their real concern is just the conservation of hunting. Actually, Not, absolutely. You no, know, so it's our kind of people, isn't it? Absolutely, Ed. I've been in the outdoor communications field for fifty four years. And I've seen things happen that I'd never dreamed would ever happen. Of course, I've come off a farm situation. We were rather poor people, and we didn't just hunt for the fun of it always. You know, we were putting fish and game on on the table, and I thought that's what the whole world did, you know. Uh-huh. And then I get up into the last, you know, two or three decades, and I heard the word anti-hunting. What's wrong with these people? Yeah. <laughs> they, they've, they've never been as hungry that's, as me, you know. That's, at, a, at times. that's a big part of what's very important over in Africa. Um, and my dad shared a big part of that story for me over there and how important hunting is to your guys' community. So absolutely cool. It, it really is. And I've told, of course, I've had to deal with anti-hunters in a number of situations and trying to talk reason uh, no. to those people is very, very uh, difficult. And they often attack the hunting situation in Africa, whether it's elephants or whatever. I had an old cousin of mine. He was raised on a farm just like me, and he made the statement one, one time that, oh, he just didn't think they should be allowed to hunt elephants at all. He's a very wealthy man. I said, now, Don, I know that you understand dollars. If it wasn't for the American dollar, the American hunter going to Africa, Elephants would more than likely already be extinct, or very near so. Not more than likely, they yeah. would. Yeah, and other animals as well. But when the American dollars flowing into your community, and I understand that a lot of those game animals go to local villages, you know, the meat and that sort of thing. The money goes into the economy. It creates jobs and just makes the situation so much better in the world and all of us sitting here we know we know about wildlife management we know the economic benefits and the spinoffs and and uh so i'm grateful that you've got a lot of american people coming over there and i'm sure they're going to keep coming you know yeah that will be really great (laughs) (laughs) well we'll encourage them (laughs) thank you we need everything that we can get right yeah (laughs) but let me tell you an interesting story of where daryl and jim they were buddies from small small time days, but anyway, um, when we took over that area where where you and you and Dad's gonna go next year, Anna, uh-huh. um, you know there was not even a dove. There was not even a dove. Oh wow! And I'm not lying to you. There's uh, like a Franklin, a crested crested Franklin, a Natal Franklin, Guinea fowl. There was nothing. <laughs> they wiped it all out. Right. Wow. And we came in, and with campfire, we we settled down the area. 
And I promise you, you cannot find any better wildlife right. situation and where, where, where the hunter preserves the wildlife right. because it's the dollars that made them change their mind. It's the dollars that built the clinic. It's the dollars that repaired the bridges. It's the dollars that keeps those people afloat. Right. That because is. you must remember, it doesn't always rain. They they subsistence farmers. Right. If it doesn't rain, they make use of American aid, US aid. I mean, I've seen the trucks coming up and down the road, but we aren't all the time. And those dollars come in, and that's what's making the difference. Yep. Well, that, that's just a fabulous, fabulous story. And, boy, you just want to shout that out to the world. And, you know, people that just blatantly say, you know, hunting shouldn't be allowed anymore, you just want to grab them and shake them. But that's not, that's not the tactic you can use. <laughs> can you know, think of more. Yeah. <laughs> but to do it to them. <laughs> but it, it, it blows my mind that uh, people, regardless of how they feel, they, if, you know, if they've got feelings for or against hunting, why won't they educate themselves to the facts? The hardcore facts are that hunting hey, is hand-in-hand hand with conservation. I've seen it right here in my lifetime in the Missouri Bootie where I grew up. You didn't see a deer or turkey when I was a kid. Uh, there were very few left in the state of Missouri. And through uh, in 1937, you know, we started the Missouri Department of Conservation. It was a citizen's organization separate from the politics. It was based on science. And in my lifetime, hey, we had 326,000 deer killed during our multiple deer seasons here in Missouri uh, this year. That, that's that's amazing. That is amazing. And there's still yeah. gobs of them out there. Same thing, successful story with a wild turkey in the state of Missouri. And, of course, hey, when you, you talk about Africa, Africa is a big, big place, even the individual countries. But you take landscapes that size, and you're talking about you saw it turn around in your part of the world where there was practically nothing and was conservation and scientific methods. Now you've got a bounty. You've got things that, you, yeah. you know, maintain your, your life and your lifestyle. No, 100%. So, um, I mean, even the people around, I mean, there's a, there's a Baniagar, if I may call them on your show, a Baniagar, but they are Baniagar, so they, I'll call them Baniagar. Um <laughs> They, they, they on the other side of the river, on on the on the park side. I won't call their name, but you know they 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 promise these people all these things. But you know what? It's not to the people's benefit. It's to their benefit. Exactly. You know, like they they over there, they put a stop to to elephant hunting at night in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the cornfields, right? So you know how they operate. We've put. They don't tell their donators or their donors. We put the stop to elephant hunting at night in the cornfield. But you know what? That elephant is is destroying somebody's livelihood for a year. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you look at these these things, these little settlements, these little villages. You know, there is always three to four corn huts where they store their corn. They build a hut on the ground, uh, away from the ground. They build it, you know, like there's a gap like this, and they will, cl- you know, close it with mud. They first put branches and they weave the branches around, and they will clean. And this year's crop goes in this one, and next year's crop, and next year's crop, so that they can survive a drought of three to four years. So, in wow. other words, 
what has these baniagas ever done for those people? <laughs> I, I'm how, asking you. Uh, yeah, how can no, you argue the really argue anything. the point? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, guys, this has been a wonderful, wonderful time together. And uh, could you give us your contact information, Barry, so yeah. if people want to get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. Um, it's my wife's email address is info at tawamuyu.co.za. It's i n f o at t h a b a m o y o dot co dot za. And mine is fani f a n i e at gmail.com. Wonderful. Been so, so exciting to have you on the program. And, you know, I, I haven't made it to Africa yet, but that's still on the bucket list. <laughs> Hope to see you there one day. Yeah, hey, folks, don't go away. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back in a couple of minutes with more Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Drury Outdoors, and you're listening to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast with Bill Cooper and Hunter Heineman. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent, or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip. Whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else, chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But Who's All Valley, there's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Hi, folks. It's Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation with a little habitat hint here. Uh, no surprise, uh, we are in the middle of a pretty severe drought across most of mid-Missouri. Uh, would encourage folks to take a look at diversifying their grazing systems. Uh, right now, the department, NRCS, and other partners do have cost share available for the establishment of native form season grasses for grazing and haying purposes. What a great program. What a wonderful way of diversifying your grazing system and actually having a drought-tolerant productive grass in the months of June, July, and August. If you're looking for more information, would encourage you go to go to the Missouri Department of Conservation's website at mdc.mo.gov. And in the upper right-hand corner is contacts. Go to your county and find your private land conservationist for your county uh, to set up a meeting to look at ways that you can improve your property, not only for wildlife, but also forage production for your cattle.
Hey everybody, this is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Check out my buddy's podcast show, Living the Dream Outdoors with Bill Cooper and Hunter Heineman. You're really going to enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor podcast. I'm Bill Cooper. I'm still down at Nashville at Safari Club International Convention having a great, great time down here. It's an incredible experience. If you've never been and you're an outdoorsman, particularly a hunter, you need to attend one of the Safari Club International Conventions. There's people from all over the world, hunters and outfitters that come into the convention center here. Just thousands and thousands of square feet of beautiful, beautiful setups and displays. Uh, you'll see animals that uh, hey, you've probably never seen before in your life, but I met some incredible people here. And on the first segment of the show, we had Fonnie Stein on, and he's uh, with uh, Tommy um, Mayo Safaris out of Africa. And this gentleman was an incredible uh, person to talk to. He's not only a guide and outfitter there, but also a farmer in South Africa. And uh, an incredible to sit and talk to somebody, another farmer from the other side of the world and uh, of course arid situation there and uh, farming can be very difficult at times but it's so intriguing to listen to Fani describe what life was like in africa from both the standpoint of a hunter an outdoorsman and an outfitter incredible story hope you listen to it and also met some other great great uh, folks I did a podcast with a young man by the name of Gunnar Decker. He was 14 or 15 years old. His parents have glacier guides and outfitters in Alaska. And this young man did an incredible job of describing uh, his family business to us. And uh, <clears throat> hope you'll give those guys a shout out. You can get a hold of them at 907-723-6812. Book a trip to Alaska. Some great hunting and fishing opportunities with these folks out of Juneau. And uh, uh, look them up. Also did a great program with Justin Brule. He's a land uh, agent with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties now to Illinois. And he told us quite a story about uh, his 11-year-old son and his first buck kill this last year this father-son team sound like they had a wonderful wonderful time and this is certainly what we want to promote here living the dream outdoor properties also heard from another uh living the dream outdoor properties agent jim hamill he's from the upper peninsula uh in michigan and what an incredible story I've, I've heard all my life about the Upper Peninsula and the fabulous deer hunting up there, and particularly old deer hunting clubs. But uh, Jim tells us just how wild it is at, <coughs> in the Upper Peninsula. So I uh, hope you'll uh, listen to that program as well. And it's going to be interesting over the next <clears throat> uh, week or two. We're going to be running several programs rather than one just ever every two weeks. Uh we recorded so much fine material down here in Nashville. We want to be able to, to use it and uh, get it out to you folks and let you enjoy that. But another favorite operation that I ran into down in Nashville was Duck Creek Outfitters. And these guys have a fine wing shooting operation up in Saskatchewan. And uh, they were one of the, I, I thought most one of the, had one of the most eye-catching uh, displays that I saw at Safari Club International kind of come around the corner and there was a big, huge wall or screen with 
beautiful green-head mallard ducks just flying right at you. It just really caught my attention as a bird hunter and a duck hunter. But these guys offer Hungarian partridge, sharptail, mallard, gadwall, pintail, speckle snow goose, blue goose, Canada goose, and sandhill crane hunts. And looking at the brochure and talking to the owner, uh, they have just some incredible facilities, fine foods, hey, good dogs, good guides, and Saskatchewan, of course, is one of the premier waterfowl areas in the northern United States, and they are a part of that prairie pothole region where most of our ducks are, are reared and, and come from, so it's very important that we take care of that part of the world, and these guys are helping do their part, but you can get a hold to them for reservations of 541 771 Four nine seven six, or you can get a hold of them at info at duckcreekoutfitters.com. I can't wait to get up there. That sounds like just a tremendous, tremendous operation. But I also talked to a young gentleman from the uh, Amazon and uh, peacock bass fishing. I look forward, man, maybe hooking up with go, those guys at, at some point and Everybody, I think, that's a fisherman intrigued by the Amazon, the largest river in the world, arguably. Uh, but the Amazon's still wild, wild country, and it's just intriguing to me. I watch the TV shows and watch the big 20-plus-pound peacock bass blow up on topwater lures, and it's just uh, astounding to watch and certainly revs up any fisherman that takes the time to uh, – Watch these programs, and if you love bass fishing, hey, peacock bass fishing has to be the ultimate because these guys cast big plugs, and they rip them back. It's not a jerk, jerk, pause thing. They just rip them back, and these big peacock bass um, chase these lures down, and it's always a big explosion on the surface. So it's uh, it's an incredible experience, and that's another item on my bucket list that I hope to get taken care of in the next few years but some other incredible things that took place and experiences i had at safari club international including running into teddy roosevelt again this gentleman is reading acts uh president teddy roosevelt does a superb job i saw him actually a couple of weeks ago uh up at bell missouri he put on a demonstration up there and a good talk uh promoting the rock island uh, trail which is going to run through bell missouri old railroad track and it's all promoted by bruce sassman state representative up from that area so get a chance to listen to teddy roosevelt's presentations but quite a gentleman also ran into colonel craig bodikin uh, kind of a hero of mine colonel craig's been around for a long long time uh retired i guess from military marine corps <coughs> as an officer colonel and he has spent much of his life running around the world hunting and he writes for peterson's magazines and gives us some great great adventures but colonel bonnikin had a had a stall or booth up at uh, the um, safari club international convention as well and boy it was tough to get to him to get to talk to him a few minutes and uh, i bought a book of his as, as well and got him to autograph it for me and i was gouging him about the uh, u.s army special forces people eating uh 
Marine for lunch, you know, he got a good chuckle out of that. But when he autographed my book, I didn't watch him sign it. And what do you know, lo and behold, he topped it off or ended up the signature with Semper Fi. Got me back, I guess. But <laughs> Colonel Bogdan, quite a quite a character, but he's he's famous uh too for his hunts in Africa, hunting the five big game dangerous species out of Africa, the lions, the buffaloes, you know, elephants, rhinos. Uh, that sort of thing, and he kind of brings back the spirit of the old Africa hunts we used to read about, and I still read about about Robert Ruark, who spent so much time in Africa, uh, wrote the book Horn of the Hunter, and some several other books that come out of uh, his African experiences. And, of course, to go back to Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt spent a lot of time in Africa as well, and just told some wild, wild stories about his experiences in Africa. He also spent some time down in the Amazon, actually uh, had uh, quite an adventure floating down in, I think, an unnamed river, uh, spent months doing that. And I think they had actually lost some of their crew going over waterfalls and that sort of thing on this wild, wild river in the Amazon. But Safari Club International keeps adventure alive through a lot of these characters and well-known outdoorsmen. Jim Shockey was there. Didn't get to see Jim Shockey. Uh, Melissa Bachman was there, who uh, promotes Winchester on her TV show. But some great personalities and a lot of grand, grand outdoorsmen from around the world. So if you ever get the opportunity, go to Safari Club International. I am. this was my first convention, and I hope that it certainly won't be my last because it's quite an eye-opener. Like I said, uh, outfitters from all over the world, but there's also a lot of outdoor products companies. You know, you can look at uh, you drill over rifles and shotguns that many of them cost well over $100,000. And, uh, of course, you have your your other suppliers there that uh, – put out the products that, you know, the average outdoorsman like myself that use as well. So, hey, some uh, some good sales uh, went on there, too. You picked up some things a little bit cheaper than normal, and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm not staying through the whole show, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some other bargains that can be had maybe on the last day. A lot of times the outfitters and the uh, suppliers uh, don't want to take all that stuff back home, so sometimes it cuts prices a little bit. But back to the home front here, looking forward in Missouri. Coming up March 1st, we're going to have the opening day again of the catch and keep trout season in the Missouri trout parks. And uh, something of interest this year, you know, Merrimack Spring Park has had a five fish limit for the last two or three years. But this year, they'll go back to the four fish limit like the other three uh, trout parks. So keep that in mind. And, you know, you'll have to have an annual fishing license to fish, and each day you buy a tag uh, to fish in these trout parks. And it, it's not that expensive and a great way to get some fresh fish for a meal. Uh, man, get in the outdoors, enjoy yourself, meet up with some old friends, and uh, have a start spring. Start spring early, March 1st, opening day of trout season. Then coming up uh, the next month in April, we'll have our Missouri turkey season, which will begin April the 15th and run through May the 5th. Uh, a few regulation changes about turkey season uh, this year. You're going to be allowed to hunt uh, 
all day long on private properties, yet I think the cutoff will still be at 1 p.m. on public properties. And the reasoning by, behind that is because it is public property and other people use a lot of those hunting areas other than hunters. That's including, you know, hikers and backpackers and bird watchers and people just getting out to enjoy the outdoors. They'll still give them the afternoon to use those areas after the hunters have left. But a lot of great things going on in the Missouri outdoors and across the country. Spring's coming, and everybody's kind of got the winter blues, you know, and it's uh, a time to watch the wildflowers pop, uh, maybe find some morel mushrooms, take a float trip, catch some fish. Uh, hey, and I encourage you to get out on uh, particularly our Ozark streams, man. Take some camping gear. Camp out on the riverbank. Stay overnight. Sleep under the stars. Cook some great food over an open fire. Take some buddies with you. And you'll make memories that you will enjoy for the rest of your life. Great outdoors. Be sure and take advantage of it. And here at Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we like to always say that we're enjoying our outdoor dreams. We encourage you to get outdoors and live your outdoor dreams as well. I'm Bill Cooper. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Taney Como Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573 573- Two six three eight zero one six. Again, that's five seven three two six three eight zero one six. Be sure and shoot straight. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, Expedition Trailers, The Rambling Angler, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. 
Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.